Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us.com. Joining me today is TJ. That's me. And the Brent. TJ. And a little bit of Chris, Chris. Hey. <laughs> and on this week's, uh, in this podcast, we're going to talk about what we've been watching before going to the week's film, TV, and games news in a segment we like to call Breezy on the Streets. Hmm. But first, what we've been watching. How about I go first? I love it. I haven't watched a lot. But uh, this past week, uh, once again, Allison and I have been sick, so I haven't really watched a lot. Kind of did some uh, some comfort food a little bit. What we did do uh, this past Wednesday was Halloween. We didn't get out because we were sick. What we did do is we watched... Uh, I'm glad you didn't do anything for Halloween on Wednesday, because you would have been disappointed. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was Tuesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was it Tuesday? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Good call. (laughs) Uh, We watched uh, on uh, Freeform again, Adam's Family Values. Nice. We'd seen, like, Adam's Family uh, last year for Halloween, and that was a lot of fun. Adam's Family Values is so good. It's Mm. super underrated. Those movies are fun. Is that the first movie they made? No, it's the second one. What's the first one called? Is it just the Adam's Family? Adam's Family. So the second one, that's the Fester plot, right? Uh, They're both kind of the same plot. Fester leads the family and becomes domesticated. Yes. Yeah. Whereas the came though him domesticated is real funny. It's just him wearing a yeah. blonde wig, yeah. Yeah. and like, <laughs> Still, a, like super pale, a pastel suit with a turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is so great in it. And uh, one of the things that always cracked me up was Wednesday. How dry she is in that movie. Christine Ricci, mm-hmm. she is just like on Mitch Hedberg style, like one liners every time she talks. She's she's hilarious. It's like an all-time comic performance for me. She just kills it. And there's a nice MC Hammer rap at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Secret of the Ooze style. Yeah. yeah. Allison had the uh, the cassette of the MC Hammer rap, and she knew some of it. It's quite impressive. Nice. Go Adams, go Adams, go. <laughs> yeah, essentially. That was the only movie I watched. Uh, I watched a couple um, TV shows. I'm watching Mr. Robot. Um, That's good. Yeah. I think it's it's like the second season and the third season kind of got savaged by critics that it's not as good as the first, but I really like the second season and I still really like it. I don't know what uh, you know, I don't know what the expectation is for the show, but I really like it. Yeah, I haven't started season three yet. I know that it like, just started, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought season two was great. I mean, there's yeah. only so many places you can go at the end of the first season where it's like, have you guys seen Mr. Robot? I've seen about three episodes and I liked what I saw. I just I didn't get hooked, and so uh, I didn't get around to watching more. The stuff with uh, Darlene's really good in the second season. Yeah. And uh, Cisco, and uh, I really like the FBI agent. I forget which gummer she is, one of Meryl Streep's daughters. Yeah, yeah. She's really interesting. What's the general plot? Oh, it's this uh, hacker guy gets involved in this plot to, it's this group called F Society, you know, Fuck Society. They're going to do this massive hack that's going to reset the uh, credit debt from this big financial institution, kind of like a Bank of America style company. Yeah. Wipe out all their data, their the data, metadata, and all the data from their servers. And to kind all of, the hard copies too. And all the hard copies to try to eliminate student debt, all the you know the incentivized debt economy that's out there. Right. And uh, it kind of goes from there. Yeah, the the company that they target is called uh, I always forget what it is because they changed the name. Yeah, E Corp. Yeah, E Corp, and it's it's like a Google sized but like financial institution, mm-hmm. and they've got like you know the world's highest rated like security and all these things that you know. Mister Robot is you know a genius hacker dude who kind of falls into F society. The the actual like human element of it is the character Elliot. Elliot. Is Elliot's relationship with uh, Christian Slater's character, uh, and it's really good, kind of the back and forth, and it's all told from Elliot's perspective, and he's like a dissociated computer nerd who mm-hmm. has like hallucinations and admits at the very beginning of the episode one, season one, that he takes uh, opiates to kind of hush his his inner demons, and so it's all told from unreliable from that perspective, and to the point where. He is talking kind of as like a really fast like introduction to the universe. He talks about like, and then there's E Corp, or as I like to call it, Evil Corp. So then from then on, every character he interacts with calls it Evil Corp. Yeah, and even like the writing and slogans and posters say Evil Corp. Right, because it's all from his perspective. They're, they're just Evil Corp. Weird. Yeah. And it has, it has great kind of flights of fancy playing with the mental perspective. Mm-hmm. There's like episodes where he... he like has too much and he has to like mute it and the television 
actually like mutes conversation that's going on because it's too much for him. Mm-hmm. And there's a a fantastic episode in the second season yeah. where it it uh, is basically an episode of Alf. <laughs> yeah, with the Mr. Robot characters in like straight on cheesy '80s sitcom style, but Weird. there's like a. Uh, undercurrent of something that's going on that's masking, being masked by this ALF episode. It's just really, really creative. Yeah, it's incredibly creative. It's got some of the best. I thought, I don't know why, but I always pay attention to the title sting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Robot's always really good when it just like, you know, shows the like Mr. Robot across the screen. It's always in like a really tense moment and it's in this like great stylized like mm-hmm. kind of carnival neon tubing uh, writing. I think that Fargo does it really great also. Mm-hmm. And uh, some other show we were watching recently, where they put just like slammed the location against the the screen. Mindhunter. Mindhunter. That's what it was. Where the text fills up the entire screen. Yeah, some good impact font. And always sunny in Philadelphia. Always did a great job with that with the the the, the gang goes episode titles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great show. I, I recommend it all seasons. Um, besides that, I, I started watching uh, Mindhunter. I think I told you guys yeah. we're about five episodes in. You guys all finish it? I haven't started it. He hasn't started. I am, I think, four episodes in. Mm. And I so. finished it. Yeah, it's really good. You know, with Mindhunter, it, it scratches the same itch that like is the great part of Zodiac mm-hmm. or journalism movies where it's all about process. I love movies like that. Like Spotlight and stuff like that. It's like, this is how things work. Yeah, I was talking to TJ last night about Mindhunter, and I said, specifically, it reminds me of what I love about Zodiac, yeah. specifically the process part mm-hmm. of Zodiac. So well, I do have a bug. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> On your phone. What did you, what did you think of the Ed Kemper actor's performance? Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. As this, you know, truly unique character I've never seen before. Yeah. It's, he's just like some comic actor, too. Yeah. He's just like a comedian, and he's just like... Is amazing. Wow, uh, it's hard to imagine that guy being hilarious now on a stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is unsettling. And I fucked her in her neck hole. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's really funny, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Mother always liked people to look up to her. <laughs> Just like the driest, disturbingest yeah. dialogue. What if there's like a cup? He has. He's got like five or six super fans who don't know who David Fincher is, and so they're just like, oh yeah, he's in this, he's in this new Netflix show, but it's hilarious. Let's watch it. Those glasses look hilarious. Crying. <laughs> Hugging their knees in the corner. I still can't get out of my head the comment when uh, uh, the rookie is going to bring his gun in, and Tench is like, what are you going to do? They're, gonna, they're not going to let you with your, in with your gun. Plus, he's, he's six foot nine. He's like, well, I don't know, maybe to protect myself. He's like, he's going to take that gun from me, he's going to shoot you with it, and then he's going to fuck you in the bullet holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tench is awesome in the show, too. Yeah, Tench is great. Yeah. It's one of those shows where the lead character is probably the like the worst character, just yeah. because he's surrounded by such amazing talent. Yeah. yeah. Such such aces. Yeah. And the Dr. Wendy Cap mm-hmm. is also really good. She's the girl from Fringe. Mm-hmm. She's like really super and, and literate, super mm-hmm. really good at her job. Just like the rest of the characters. I was so happy to see Anna Torv show up in mm-hmm. a show again because I really love Fringe. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that that would launch her into something more. So, didn't quite. But it's nice to see her pop up again. I'm immature. I pictured you saying, I love Fringe as like clothing, TV show, <laughs> all kinds of Fringe. <laughs> yeah. Love my Western jackets. <laughs> yep. But it's a good show. I'll keep watching. And uh, besides that, what we've been wasting our time watching at night, you know, before we go to bed, especially us being sick, is we started uh, binging that 70s show. Nice. I think that's a great show. I, I really like it. The I'm early seasons. Fan. It's fun. I like the early seasons before uh, Eric, you know, goes to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> On a mission or something? Yeah. Something dumb like that? Oh, where he just disappears off the show? Yeah, I'm not going to watch it when Seth Meyers' brother is on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. I've never seen... I've seen maybe three or four episodes. Yeah, especially early. You, I forgot how much of it is about really fairly appropriate teenage awkward stuff, but also a money or a family struggling with money problems because mm-hmm. yeah. Red gets laid off. I and, forgot how, how early Red gets laid off. Yeah. Yeah, that... Episode where Eric has to go get the job is where he becomes the the man of the house. Uh-huh. He's the one with the job. It's pretty early. It's a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do middle class well. They do some surprising, uh, you know, for such a cartoonish show with a 
you know, Kelso and Fez and stuff. And they do some stuff pretty good, like Red's uh, mother dies and Red almost, like, cries and stuff. I was like, wow, I forgot that this was part of the show. <laughs> yeah. How incredible is Kitty? Kitty's awesome. Like, when I was when so I was good. younger, I was like, oh, Hyde's the funniest guy. And now that I'm older and, because Kelly will randomly throw it up. Like throw it on in a marathon in she's the background. The best, she's the best part of that show. She's mm-hmm. the best part of this show. Yeah, she's got the heart. She's got the the humor. She's got Jokes the, hit every time. Yeah, yeah. her her just, fake just laugh her, is perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just something will happen absurd, and then there's like a beat, and then she does her laugh, and yeah. just instantly that's a laugh line. Yeah. And then we'll have a, a nice dry, knowing uh, acknowledgement. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. And that's it. Some TV shows, one movie. Oh, only, only other thing I'm playing is I'm playing HQ. Oh, cool. Hear, I want to play that. Hear this app. But I don't have it on my iPhone. Oh, yeah. Is it not? Uh... No, it's just Apple. Oh. It's fun. It's a... Uh, you, you guys hear about this game? Nope. It is it's it's the kind next of, phenomenon. It's kind of buzzing as a phenomenon thing. It's a trivia game. It's 13 questions. And you play for actual money. Like, it'll be $250. Is one night. rolls over. One night was $5,000. You got to get every single one right. And you're playing with a list, a, a dwindling list of people that you can see. It's like 30,000 people are playing. And then, like, question one, it has actual live host. It's the creators of Vine that did it. So it's decent streaming video. It's this host, that's actually kind of funny. It's live twice a day. Nice. Live twice a day at, like, three and nine. Just go through trivia stuff and have some banter and things. It's multiple choice. And you... you do one, and then it shows you how many people got eliminated on that. So is it constantly running? Or is it just twice, just twice a day? It's it. it's hosted twice a day. So if you miss one, you're you eliminated got, for that yep. day yep. or that round. Yeah. Well, no, it's not like a tournament. It's that's the prize pool for those thirteen questions. Yeah. And then the prize pool gets split amongst all the people who answered all the thirteen questions correctly, and they send you the payment directly to your PayPal. Mm-hmm. How much time do you have? Um, it's not very long, so that you can't just look right. it up. It's like less than five seconds. Okay, cool. I heard one podcast host say that he was able to Google like one question. He's like, but I'm always playing in my car on my drive home. So that I was able to do that was just like a perfect confluence of circumstances. He's like, right. but it's not enough time to look stuff up. No. Nice. Cool. But it's kind of fun. I haven't gotten... I, first, I got this question seven so far. And then when you miss that one, man, you just want to throw your phone. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. I mean, we're all people who like trivia. Yeah. Um, if you got an iPhone, you should play it. How, or maybe you shouldn't, so I can win the money. How long, uh, how long does it take to do a full 13 question set? Well, I haven't done one yet. How long did you spend on the seven questions? It's probably a good... It, it goes really quick. Like, maybe 15 minutes. No, maybe bad. 10. Yeah, I'll do that day. Yeah. The, um, a couple times. Yeah, the, uh, the guy... Weekend timing is, is different, right? It's not... It, they don't think they have the 3 o'clock. They just have the Or they may PST. have one a day, yeah. Because it's all Pacific. Um, but it's, and it's hosted by just, like, comedians. Um, and they... Swap hosts out, right? Yeah, like today, it's just a nine o'clock one, but it's for five hundred dollars. Yeah, it's 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 definitely sweeping. Yep. Right now, you know, people are people are a buzz about it. Yeah, I started playing it last week, and early on, it was pretty rough with the server issues. Yeah, as I you know. can imagine, of right. like play trivia for money with like thirty thousand people at the same time. Right. But uh, it's been pretty pretty good lately. Cool. I'll give it a good. But that's me. Right. I watched uh, one movie, and I might go ahead and do the, the group roundup stuff on mine real yeah. quick. There's not a lot to talk about on those, um, but Stranger Things finished three quarters of us watched it. Do you have anything you want to talk about now? Brent wrote a very detailed, awesome review on the website. I will say... I want to reference everybody, too. Yeah, I mean, don't... don't. It's really more for those who have finished it. Mm-hmm. It was only for those who have finished it. Right? Yeah, because... I, I... I don't know. I was, I was wondering how to do it, and then I thought, is there really going to be any value in... Is anybody sitting after having watched Stranger Things 1, thinking like, I need to see if this review likes it before I watch 2. <laughs> That's a good right, point. Right. I mean, I think if you're venturing to that article, then you're you're planning on watching it. So I just made it more of a, it's a, it's like a hybrid recap and review. Um, but yeah, check that review out if, if, if you're a Stranger Things person. I will say that I really enjoyed the season. So did I. And I think it's, I think it, there are elements of it that are better than the first season, there are elements of it that are worse than the first season. All in all, though, I think maybe just for personal taste, I might wind up liking it better than the first season. But they're both five stars. Just seasons. because, just because the the highs are so high for me, I uh, just really enjoyed a few moments so much. Yeah, the one thing I want to say is they they got extremely lucky 
Um, or they have the best casting director of all time because that cast is deep and amazing. Yeah, just it's, top to bottom, it's so good. All Paul Reiser enters in the season; and he's fantastic. Yeah, plays basically the same role as he played in Aliens. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, David Harbour is uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Both of them are the way that's worthy for sure. Yeah, the way that show pairs people up this season is incredible. Yeah, you, you get a great episode with Steve and Dustin. It's fantastic. Nice. Yeah, and 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 an odd pairing. But yeah, check out Stranger Things. The three of us that have watched it definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen any of Stranger Things, go back and watch the first season. It's incredible. Yeah. And then watch the trailer for season two. It's the best trailer ever made. <laughs> and then watch it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Survivor was pretty boring this week. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty standard pre-merge episode. You just get... You get the the biggest threat out. Well, was that yeah, I mean, the biggest threat? She's the biggest threat to win. JP yeah. doesn't match it. It's hard to know who's the biggest threat to win. I, I always say the the threats to win don't really emerge until post post merge. You can't. You just. I feel like every time I've ever picked someone pre merge as like this person's a real contender. It's just they just had the best first day instincts really, and uh, it's usually I, I think over the next few weeks, like I, I think back to last season when Sarah emerged as like the like oh she's played a hell of a game. And uh, I think it was in the first like three or four votes after the merge when mm. that when I started <laughs> noticing her. Um, mm. That being said, yeah, it's, it's just it was a standard episode. Yeah, just you got a physical threat or somebody who is smart and likable. And I mean, she was a threat to win. I don't know if she would have been right. I don't know if she's a threat or not. I feel like JP definitely is. A and and, and they also they also buy his loyalty with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was telling Brent. Like if really, he runs a reward or something, they could take him along. Right, or he if, could take them along. Or if he's in a voting block with the majority, you know, he can fold them in, right. or they can fold him in. Is like we've got if we're building our RPG party, he's our tank. Like he's gonna right. be the physical part of our team. Uh, do you think Allie's right in her post interview saying that if Chrissy keeps playing like this, then she's gonna win? No, I think Chrissy's game has an expiration date at some point. I thought she was talking about Ryan when she says like watch out. Oh, she said she said I think my problem was trusting that little weasel Ryan and all Chrissy does is lie 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 and if she keeps doing that oh, she's okay. going to win. She's she's my if I had to pick the win it'd be her. Right now. I, I think it's been that way for a few weeks for me. <clears throat> the uh, surfer girl, I might pick her. The one with Cole, the old hero, lifeguard. Yeah, yeah lifeguard. Yeah. I don't know. I can't I always forget a her name. Member of a power yeah. couple. Can't do it. Um, Especially when Cole passed out this week. Oh, no, no, no. She's not the one with Cole. Oh, okay. She's. Who are you talking about? She's not. That's Jessica. Jessica is Cole's. The girl. hero who, whose face gave away to fake Tony. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, fake Tony. Yeah. I love that we just call him fake Tony now, even though he's one of the like 13 people I know the name of. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's confusing for me. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> Isn't it Joe? Yeah. yeah Joe. Joe. But yeah, it should be getting. I mean, we get the merge this week, so... Yeah, we'll start our Survivor-Survivor pool next week. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll miss a week, but... I want Dr. Mike to win it all. I like Dr. Mike. See, I think Dr. Mike's a sleeper, because there's a, there was a guy a couple of years ago... ...who was a, a, a real kind of nerdy guy who wound up really coming into his own on the show, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Get that guy's name. You remember who I'm talking about? No. Yeah, well, <laughs> wound up making it to like the last four or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the my my pick to win is probably some healer who hasn't gotten a lot of screen time just yet. Desi, that'd be fun. The way that That's she nice. was ready, like she she was talking to the to the heroes and she was like, "Oh yeah, I totally understand that Joe's keeping me around until his." He's done with me. And he found a goddamn idol. Yeah. It's so annoying. I don't understand why when you're on Survivor and you've watched the past few seasons, why you don't just dig in like a six foot radius around the fucking well. Like last yeah, well, season and this season. Also, the past two seasons, they've got to stop putting them in the same spot at every camp. Like, right. Fucking fuck be in a fair game. Yeah. It's like, like fucking hide an idol somewhere. Yeah, Ty found two in two days, doing the same thing that Joe did. Yeah, just he like got moved to another camp and just was like, "Oh, that was one here before." Sorry, yeah. I'm so racist, but it's Ty, it's exactly what yeah. Ty so anyway, yeah, Survivor's all right. It's, it's gonna pick up though. It's always a shit show in the first Murray episode. It's so much fun. Everyone scatters. Yeah, um, there's gonna be some secret advantage uh, hidden in amongst their feast. Mm-hmm. So like they'll did Al send you that message? <laughs> he sent me one that. Man, let me keep talking. I'll find what else. Um. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, when they merge, they always have this big feast together, and mm. uh, tucked away somewhere beneath like the pears or something will be like this little scroll, small scroll mm. of paper that somebody will find, and it'll be like you have a secret advantage for the second to last immunity challenge or something mm. if you can make it that far. So here's Al's idea for a secret advantage for next week's episode. 
You get a secret advantage hidden at the merge feast that requires you play it at the next tribal or else it's kaput. It allows you to play it on one person after the votes are cast. Effect is, if that person has an idol, they have to play that idol immediately. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was really good. <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. And I watched one movie. Chris watched it, too. Mm-hmm. The Talkie Talk recommended The Circle. <laughs> we, we, we watched. Not the worst movie of the year, but pretty close. It's so bad. It, it's just, like, demoralizing. Is it demoralizing because of it squandering talent? For, no. Or just being offensively stupid? It's the plot is really convoluted and just dumb. Like mm-hmm. there was there was a movie that should have filled in the gaps that could logically explain the leaps that the story makes, but that is just like left out. So it should have been a trilogy, but they could only make one. So let's run through the plot real quick. Emma Watson uh, is works at a call center. Yep. Her best friend is a high up for a business called a group called The Circle. Played by Karen Gillan. The higher yeah. up. And we're talking about Emma, Emma Watson, protagonist. And higher up, like, this company is bigger than Google is in real life. And she's in what's called the Gang of 40, which is the 40 people who know everything, pretty much. Mm-hmm. They're executive board. Yeah. How are they friends? They're like childhood friends. Okay. So the company's called The Circle? Yeah. Yes. But they have an inner group, mm. and it's not called The Circle. It's not called the Inner Circle. It's called the Gang of Forty. God damn. Uh, no. <laughs> Tom Hanks plays the CEO of this country uh, company. Pat Oswalt plays like the COO, like mm-hmm. head of PR kind of person. And um, Emma Watson gets a job there as like a low level customer service Tron, and uh, she has like a panic attack or something. Something happens one night. Her dad, played by Bill Paxton in one of his final roles, mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. MS. She freaks out, steals a uh, kayak, yep. boats out in the middle of the bay, almost gets ran over by a ship, because <laughs> that can happen, apparently. And uh, she gets saved because they've invented these cameras that they put everywhere that are about the size of your thumbnail, little circles that they put everywhere, and they live stream 24-7. And, like, They're called Sea Change. Yeah. And they have Beck play at the... Yep. Hmm. <laughs> The launch, the launch for sea change. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, Emma Watson uh, ends up going going live because she gets caught trying to steal this ca- uh, kayak. So she goes twenty four seven live with a camera on her. She's and she's fully transparent. That's what they call her. And they fucking call her that a lot. <laughs> I don't think that's what they think it means. <laughs> but so I mean, she, it really means you can't see her. <laughs> yeah, John Boyega plays the guy who invented the Circles version of Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's called True You. <laughs> and, uh, I like True Moo better. He wants to like <laughs> expose Tom Hanks for what exactly? Like Buying and selling private user data. Yeah. So True You is, is like Facebook if it also absorbed Gmail and, cal- and your phone's calendar and your phone, all your phone's contacts, it's everything that could be considered social using an electronic device. Mm-hmm. And it has all like your bank account information or whatever. And uh, John Boyega brings Emma Watson uh, down into old subway line that is actually butts up against the bay and is full of water. But that's where they're going to store all the servers, where they're going to keep every human being's private information. Um, and he wants to stop that, which doesn't seem like it started. They, they leap from there, though. This is the best part. They leap from there to, why not register to vote through you We could have like 100% voter registration. Because their whole their whole thing like, is, is closing the circle. Yeah. 100% inclusivity. Yeah. Like so it's like, okay, register to vote. Maybe I can deal with a movie about that. And then it's like, no, I got it. Let's just have them vote. And let's make them vote. They have to vote. You have to have a true you account. And if you have a true you account, you have to vote. And it's like, no. <laughs> Karen, Karen Gillan's character, the voice of reason goes, uh, why would we do that? <laughs> and then she gets basically like shuffled out of the room as like the crazy person. And Tom Hanks is like, well, the government doesn't have the money for it. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the technology, the expertise. We could do this. I guess, but <laughs> when did this movie become about mandatory voting? <laughs> it's really bad. Not going to write a review on it, but would not recommend. Yeah, don't watch it. We're also omitting an entire subplot of like her relationship with her childhood friend who doesn't want to be on the internet. He's he's a hipster. He makes chandeliers out of deer antlers, <laughs> and he gets he gets 
killed by the circle. Oh, so good. I'm so happy to hear that. Which, yeah. <laughs> well, he gets which he gets abused online because, because what he kills deer to make the chandeliers. Kills, yeah, to make the chandeliers. Yeah. So uh, he keeps being called deer killer. So he goes off the grid. Uh. But then they find him with a twenty dollar drone. <laughs> Because they make a new program called Soul Search, where you can find any human being on the planet in They're 20 minutes. really bad at integrating the name Circle into their, their product launches. <laughs> We're so really easy. bad. They're like, what should we name our, like, all-encompassing, the thing that just, like, sur- like encompasses all your social media. We're called the Circle. What would be a good... True you. Let's do it. Let's call it True you. It'd be like if Google... All right, Google, we're launching our mail service. We're going to call it... Fast mail. Fast mail. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of shit we left out of the movies on fucking speed. It doesn't know where it's going. Yeah. And and all of that like convoluted bullshit is it still is like linear. Everything is cause and effect from one plot point to the next. And it just it it doesn't make like you you never see the perspective of another character. It follows Emma Watson the entire way through. And it's like works at call center, gets a call from Karen Gillan, goes straight to the interview. Gets the job, goes to her parents, goes to the job. They say your social media profile isn't up to date. You're an enigma. Everybody loves you. Like, gets frustrated with her dad. Like, goes to the kayak. Like, there's no interesting other part of the movie. Tom Hanks is is good in it because he's Tom Hanks and he right. can be. But uh, the ending is so bizarre. She she pulls all their private emails out. I laughed so hard when she said. Like, we're making public their emails, their voicemails, their security emails, their super security emails. It's like, what's a super security email? And even their their extra confidential password protected encrypted emails. God. So they go up on the screen and Tom Hanks is just like, you're brave for doing this, man. Like, wait. And he I thought le- he was back. And he leans over to Patton Oswalt and he goes, I think we're fucked. <laughs> Just very matter-of-factly. And then I don't actually understand... <laughs> we, can talk, we can talk about Circle forever. Because <laughs> then, then the movie ends with, you know, it's her doing this big thing. And then she's like, uh, they cut the power on her and everyone... Lights her up on stage with their their cell phones. Yeah. So she's just awash in the blue glow of the circ of what are they circlers of the circlers and the guppies Cir- in the circlers. audience. Oh, good, they're called circlers. Well, not not like publicly. It's okay. like how it's like how they're called googlers. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then she like is like you know Eamon's not following Tom Hanks, but like everyone follow me and they I guess walk out of the auditorium to I don't know what maybe she becomes CEO because that's how you start one. Um, <laughs> But then, it, like, hard cuts to her on kayak again in Scotland, presumably, um, and a drone flies up to her, and she just looks at it, up at it and goes, hello, and the movie ends. Like, so, does it still exist? Does she become? Because she was kind of the catalyst for all the really bad shit that ended up happening in the movie. Hmm. She's not a good character. She was the one who started the full transparency thing. She's the one who... Suggested that they force everyone to vote. Um, she's the really? one who went along with the, yeah. She's the one who went along with the plot to um, out her friend who wants to be off the grid, who they end up killing. It's like it's all her fault, and then she ends up. I don't know if she's the hero, or I don't know what happens, and I just really don't give a shit. Yep. All right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let's start with service. <laughs> And that'll be the last time we talk about it on the podcast, right? Yeah, until Chris or Brent watches it. Okay, that's all I watched, though. I watched The Circle and it burnt me for the week. <laughs> I couldn't watch anything else. I'll go. I watched a handful of movies. Um, Moving along. Watched the uh, Marowitz stories, yeah. new and selected, and uh, I liked it. Thought yeah. it was, I thought it was good. We've all seen it now, I think. I feel like for... Yeah, yeah. Oh, weird. Nope. I feel like I naturally don't like those movies as much as uh, maybe you guys do. I naturally like them. I think they're better than they than I know they are. Right. So, like, I think for me, there's a there's a ceiling on how much I can. Mm. But I think this came close to hitting the ceiling for me. Like, it's it's just it, it was it was enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, I love some neurotic families who think they're better than everybody else. Yeah. Um, the more I think about it, the more I love the Gene character, Elizabeth Marvel. Yeah, yeah. who works at Xerox. Highlight of the movie. So yeah, funny. I think she's really, really good. I'm so happy to see Sandler be great in something. Then, yeah, I'm always ready for it. Yeah, um, I watched The Babysitter, which I know you guys nice. talked about. Oh, yeah, and uh, I thought it was solid. Yeah, yeah, it was 
fun, a, a fun use of an hour and 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I also watched a 2017 movie called To the Bone. Oh, the, are you familiar with this? Anorexia movie? Yeah. Bulimia? <laughs> anyway, the, uh, so Lily Collins plays a anorexic girl who's, uh, she checks into this like, I feel like it's such a cliche where it's just like the... Like the halfway house like kind of this, thing? The last chance kind of house where oh, it's like, yeah. like a... Like we've tried all the other doctors, and and Keanu Reeves plays this uh, doctor. It's a weird casting choice, but he's uh, he's the doctor who's who cusses, and he's the doctor who doesn't give a shit. He's too cool for the job, you know. And mm. and, and that's supposed to endear him to the kids. There's there's some parts of it that aren't great, but there's also I thought she does a really good job in the movie, mm. and it's uh, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was it was good and uh, moving in. At times, it's a, it was interesting and it held my held my attention for. So it's not like harrowing. I saw it on, on Netflix as an original and people were liking it, but a movie about anorexia, nervosa, bulimia, I feel like that would just be horrifying to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, her character kind of has this like also this like I'm too cool for this hmm. uh, approach. So it's a little like, like you'd expect at the last chance. Yeah, I almost said last chance kitchen. <laughs> it's a tough show. Uh, but anyway, I, I thought it's I thought it's good. I'd cool. recommend it. I watched a couple more movies. I watched uh, another Netflix. This is a horror anthology called XX. Huh. came out this year. I saw that on your letterbox. I didn't know what it was. So it's uh, it's called XX because uh, all the the short films are made by women. Nice. And uh, it's got four little. Horror vignettes, each about maybe twenty minutes or so. Sure. Kind of like VHS style. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that? And uh, the, the it's bookended by the the first one and the last one are, are the two best. And mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of I don't really want to go into the plots of the. They're so short because they're yeah. so short. Um, but I would recommend it. It's a it's a short watch and it's uh it's pretty enjoyable. It actually got better reviews than even I gave it, and I still uh, I, I mildly enjoyed it. Cool. I thought it was good. Yeah, I only um, know that because Melanie Linsky is in it. Yeah, I just like her. I do too. And but hers was not my favorite mm. of the of the four. And I know that Saint Vincent directed one of them. Oh, cool! It's the one with Melanie Linsky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. No, none of them are bad. Okay. But uh, you know, if if you're into horror movies, check it out. And then finally, I watched Fifty Shades Darker. Oh man, <laughs> getting sexy. I have two things to say about that movie. One, I think it's a better movie than Fifty Shades of Grey. Huh. Well, definitively. Like, you think that there's no... Like, you you will plant that flag firmly in the ground that one movie is better than the other. Yes. Okay. Second, it's also a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> movie is awful. However, I don't know. I found their sex scenes more believable this time around. Because I know first time around... I thought they had better chemistry. As a as a Brent review head that I am, I remember you liked Fifty Shades of Grey, the contract negotiation scene. That's it. Is there anything, uh, any scenes that stand out in this one for you? If I remember correctly, there's a contract renegotiation scene that is very brief, and it's while they're cooking, and she's telling she's telling him, no more weird stuff, no more kink, you know, I don't want any of that. I just want a vanilla relationship. And they kind of play with that whole thing. Like, oh, we're going to be a vanilla couple. And then, um, and they're like cooking the most, I don't know if they're making like like the world's largest like vegetable plate because they're just like, they're cutting vegetables for like 15 fucking minutes <laughs> in his kitchen. And then as soon as they're done talking about that, she goes, I want to go to the red room. Yeah, that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, they immediately go to the torture sex chamber. The terrible characters. Yeah. Which is awful. However, uh, Kim Basinger appears in this movie hmm. and manages to bring the bar for acting way down in this series. <laughs> oh. It is, I think I described it as if telenovela stars watched her performances in this movie, they'd be like, yes, yes. We should be in major motion pictures because this is the same quality. I didn't think about that. It is. It is an hour and a half. Actually, not hour and a half. It's a two hour long soap opera. Yeah, and it's they just get to show like Bush. Yep, and it's, <laughs> and it's got a better soundtrack than soap operas. Yeah, I still can't think of that Imagine Dragon song without thinking of that that awful "Take Me to the Red Room" scene. I don't find any 
anything that that movie goes for, any of the drama, any of the humor, any of the like sexiness, it just doesn't. It just isn't there. Yeah. It's not sexy. It's not dramatic. It's not tense. It's just Fifty Shades of Garbage. <laughs> I'm sure that's been used before. Probably. Yeah. I haven't seen the second one, but I saw most of the first one. It's just the characters do not feel like human beings. Yeah. That's stuck out to me. Too. They all betray their best interests and their stated interests because the movie... The only interests? Yeah, because the movie isn't intelligent enough to display any character's motives, so they have to have them say them out loud, and then they still go against exactly what they say they want to do with their lives. Yeah. I mean, it's written... It's These characters were originally written by a dumb person for dumb people, so... Right. It, it was originally sense. fan fiction. Fan fiction of a fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well... Yeah. I don't know why I'm What was the Imagine Dragons song? <laughs> the... Oh, fuck, I forget. The only song that stuck in my head is like their dumb Thunder and Lightning song. Have you heard that? No. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Imagine Dragons is all just like one big pool of like cock rock. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, the, it's the one that's the, that starts out first things first. On the realist? <sighs> yeah. Made a poor choice. <laughs> now I'm going to have to finish the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm going to see Fifty I'll... Shades Freed. Yeah. And like I said, when I said their chemistry is better, I just mean it's on a scale from zero to a hundred, it went from zero to maybe two. <laughs> oh, actually, I think there's some strife about whether or not the third movie is going to get made. Yay! It might be um, going a path like uh, the Divergent movies. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard about that, but the last Divergent movie got bought by Lionsgate, and they're going to air it as like a four-episode miniseries on like stars <laughs> or something. It got it got relegated away from the big screen. I That's remember weird. when Darker got released, it, it was, uh, I think they released it on Valentine's Day. Like, the, it's Fifty Shades movies get released on Valentine's Day. I'm like, what about this movie is romantic to these studios? Like, I don't know, I fell in love nothing. with the idea of all of them dying in that plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> what is with the, from the commercials, it was really heavy on the stalker angle that they were going to get kidnapped and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, oh, yeah. Maybe Not like five much. minutes. Yeah. It's very Oh, my gosh. That was like the whole thrust of the commercial. And, and, <laughs> it's and, like she's being stalked because... I uh, forgot about the stalker until you just brought it up. <laughs> you know, she's got the perfect life and she's got Christian Grey and there's this person that has a gun. I was like, oh, they're finally going to introduce drama. Well, they do away with that by him. The stalker shows up at Dakota Johnson's or Alexandra's... Uh, Alexandria? Alexandra? forget her name. Uh, Christian and Anastasia. Anastasia, that's right. Uh, showing up at her apartment, the stalker is with like a gun, like a three fifty seven. Yeah, and so Christian Grey comes in and dominates her. <laughs> yeah, this is the dumbest scene. And then makes Anastasia leave because he has to do what he has to do. <laughs> yeah, he gets the stalker to like he's like kneel, and she just does. Because she was one of his former lovers. It's kind of like Karate Kid. Like you were painting <laughs> yeah. the fence the whole time. You didn't know that it was going to help you. <laughs> anyway, that's it for me. Uh, TV? Yeah, no, just Stranger Things. So, Chris. Hey, I've reached the halfway point for the Race to 100 oh. movies released in 2017. Wow. Dang. And it is in, in uh, credit must be given to this past week because I have seen eight movies. Wow! Wow! And what is the toll on you <laughs> going well, through some of the some of the dregs? I'll I'll give you the list of movies that I saw. Okay, and you'll see that there are some definite highs in here. Okay, so this was this was a good week. We also get to the point of the year where there's some stuff available from 2017 that is not like the January right theater stuff. Yeah. So I'll, I'll read the list first. Lots of these people have covered. Um, I watched The Book of Love, mm-hmm. Free Fire, Colossal. Oh. Um, I watched The Circle, which has already been touched. Once Upon a Time in Venice, uh, Other Life, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Cool. So, pretty good. This is an over 50 week. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Colossal, Free Fire, or The Book of Love. Because we've all talked about that on the podcast before. Or not all, but TJ's talked about. Real quick, what did you think of Colossal? I really liked it. I told, I told TJ after the fact that it's a movie that I think I'm going to have to sit with for a little bit mm-hmm. before I really form my final opinion. It is an interesting movie, and it definitely takes some shots, um, some that I think were uh, really incredible, and some that I think were kind of unnecessary. Okay. Um, but but 
on the whole, I am a fan of it. It sounds like you, you're kind of on par with me on Colossal, which is yeah, enjoyed it. Maybe not like movie of the year for you. No, it's not like movie of the year for me. You know, particularly, and I'll, I'm not going to talk too much about it. I know TJ is a huge fan of it, and although he and I can have conversations off the air, mm-hmm. um, I want to make sure he can chime in on it, but. Um, I thought that the whole flashback stuff was so unnecessary that it detracted from the the overall telling of the story. Yeah, it was a little rough. It still it still it, is my my favorite of the year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a little bit of fat it, it, in the movie. My problem was is I saw more, on the nose. more than just fat. It was gristle in the middle of the steak. It it tried to force another layer of metaphor that I just I, I'm already dealing with trying to figure out exactly. What the aim was, or if it was intentionally aimless for the metaphor to be up to interpretation, mm-hmm. um, you know, or if it's just supposed to be this vague, it's about empowerment. Either way, I think it's really clever how it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the flashbacky stuff was just kind of. Okay. If I was watching it on DVD and could skip those chapters, I would. But yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Free Fire, fun movie. Um, that's the, the shootout one. I know TJ talked about the, his favorite thing about it, and it was mine too. Is there's. It sounds exactly like a microphone dropped into a warehouse during a gun gunfight. Mm-hmm. The sound design is fantastic. You'll be having, you know, it'll be Army Hammer and Brie Larson on camera. They'll be having a conversation. And um, I forget the guy who plays uh, Marvin. I just forgot. Charlotte? Charlotte Copley? Charlotte Copley. will be having a conversation in the background, and it's the volume of the conversation they're having at the distance where they're having it. Hmm. It's just really smartly shot and recorded. Um, so if you can't do theaters, headphones are pretty cool for it. Yeah. It's, and it's, yeah, it just came out on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. That's why I watch it. Watch it yeah. Book of Love is fun and long and boring. I'm just kidding. It's not long and boring. But Book of Love is good. It's one TJ watched, I think, last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maisie Williams uh, has a bad Cajun accent, but Jason Sudeikis is fantastic. And it's all Jason Sudeikis all the time. Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Venice is bad, bad, bad. Don't watch it. It's got an incredible comedic cast, um, aside from Bruce Willis. John Goodman, Thomas Middleditch. Adam Goldberg, Cal Penn. There's more people than these. Uh, like lots of like the bit roles are played by famous comedians, mm-hmm. but it's just really stupid. No surprise. Apparently, there's there's like a blight on Southern California that I'm not aware of. But after seeing the first season of Flaked and seeing Once Upon a Time in Venice, people in California are really mad about tech companies and like them <laughs> pushing out like the old California surfer way. Because <laughs> that's basically the character of Bruce Willis. Is he's like, pissed off about all this development coming to Venice and getting rid of their wavy-davy kind of way. Their whole thing. Yeah. Um, By the way, I I can save it for, uh, but I forgot one movie that I saw, and it was just your, when you kept saying bad over and over again, it reminded me. I'm done with Once Upon a Time in Venice. I'm going to write a review about it, because I hated it. Hmm. Other Life? was surprised by that. I've got a review up on the site for it. I like finding these little sci-fi gems on streaming sites. It's on Netflix... Um, it's not Netflix original or Netflix produced. It's Netflix distributed, I think. I don't really know like the business aspect, yeah. but I tried to look for them in the credits. They're not mm-hmm. listed anywhere. Okay. Um, but it's a small production company, it looks like, out of um, Australia. And it's just a well-put-together, interesting plot about if we can implant memories into people's minds. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's fun. I, I say read the review. I put enough of a plot synopsis on there to not spoil anything. Um, and I stop talking about it when I say that it, it's it gets the plot is compared to the Matrix um, and how it kind of plays with reality when mm-hmm. you start dealing with implanting memories, we'll get there pretty pretty quickly. Sure. Um, and then the last two uh, I'll talk about it as a package because it's hard not to compare them when I saw them on the same day. Uh, I watched Spider Man Homecoming and I watched Thor Ragnarok. So I went to the theater yesterday. But yeah, they're both really good. They are probably both top five MCU movies. Huh, nice. Um, Thor Ragnarok is really funny. It's clearly Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. He he wrote a character for himself in there that's like the highlight of the movie for me. Really? Yeah. He's good for him. It's yeah. so so you know the basic premise, right? There's this gladiator yeah. planet thing um, run by Jeff Goldblum. Well, one of the guys who's uh, one of the fighters is the Taika Waititi character. I forget mm-hmm. his name. It's like Krom or something. But he's a guy who's made entirely of rocks, and he's the the undercard champion. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, they're ripping me out to like warm stuff up, you know, like kill a couple people. And he's like, I guess I'm kind of the leader down here. <laughs> and so he plays that like kind of reluctant leader mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie. And he's just really funny. And that's kind of the note through both of these movies. Maybe it was because of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Probably not because these were already wrapped on, you know, production by the time that movie came out. But they do not take themselves super seriously. And it pays off. Good. They're comic book movies. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, there will come a point in time, like a Winter Soldier, where we need the, the the return to the dark and gritty. But, you know, Thor, where he goes to Battle Planet with Hulk, and Hulk is talking for the first time, is not the movie to do it. You know, 15-year-old Spider-Man, uh, web-singing around, kind of dealing with his prepubescent or currently pubescing feelings <laughs> is, you know, those are those are great vehicles for comedy. Sure. That word, pubescing. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my Peter Parker you're certainly pubescing right now you are pubescing all over this room <laughs> they do lots of MILF jokes with um, Marissa Tomei's oh, sure. Aunt May yeah she's just it's just not fair <laughs> they're both great uh, I, would, I would catch them uh, I don't think you need to see Thor in theaters uh, it's they're, they're top, five M- M- top 5 MCU but they're like the 4 and 5 spot Maybe five and six if I really thought about it. What's your top five? What's oh, number one? Right now? Probably Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is number one. Mm. Same for me. Yeah, I can't round out the then, list. Then I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Iron Man's probably number two. Uh, I can't really... really pretty good. I, I would need a list in front of me to, to fill up the rest. Ant-Man may still be number two for me. I just loved how... I liked Ant-Man a lot. In its own space, that was. Yeah. Honestly, Ant-Man went so far up my rankings just on that one... Uh, train set joke when <laughs> yeah. when they he like knocks uh, somebody whoever the villain is oh, yeah, knocks yeah, yeah. him into the the train during the chase or whatever at the end and you just you get the you zoom out you get the real and it's just a little <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah I'd heard they were both good so yeah and I'm I'm glad to hear fun. Taika Waititi's voice was left intact yeah sometimes Marvel movies like, like you're right seem like they're directed by Marvel rather than directed by a person yeah but it's it's really good uh, Tessa Thompson's really great in it Kate Blanchett is great as the big bad in Thor Ragnarok yeah I feel like she doesn't get to be Big bad person that often. Mm-mm. Jeff Goldblum, I was talking to, to Al, we saw it with Al, and Jeff Goldblum gets to do Jeff Goldblum, but without going super over the top, hmm. um, which is fun. He's, you know, he's a chaotic neutral. The whole mm-hmm. movie, he's just a guy who was the first on this junk planet where all the portals, when they break, that's where they dump things. And so he's the king of the trash world and has created this empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of. In in the foil, that is that is the more fun story than the um, Hela is taking over Asgard. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both. I mean, they're both well executed within Thor Ragnarok. If I were a movie maker and Jeff Goldblum was going to be in my movie, I would totally work in the wor- uh, the uh, the line "Must go faster, must go faster," <laughs> because he had said it twice in two blockbuster movies. <laughs> uh, so I, I feel like it would be great if in Thor Ragnarok, if there's like. Well, we're waiting on the next fight to occur. And he's like, must go faster. Must go faster. <laughs> um, they both have credits uh, scenes after the credits. I wouldn't stick around for either. I think hopefully Marvel's getting to the point where they're done with that shit. I actually have a habit of uh, sit through credits for all movies now. Just because, I don't know, there are things that I like to to read about I like always like looking at the song list mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. movies and uh, and I don't know I'm, I'm oddly fascinated by like what locations they think to mm-hmm. at the very end so for me it's not as it's much it's all about tax breaks yeah like and especially if it's Marvel a lot of it's Georgia yeah well Spider-Man Homecoming thanked, thanked Georgia thanked Australia and thanked New Zealand but uh, spoilers <laughs> uh, Thor Ragnarok has uh Maybe the best uh, bookended soundtrack with uh, Immigrant Song mm-hmm. as the opening fight song and the ending fight song, and it's great. Nice. I know they've kind of used it in promotion for it already, but it's using the movie really well. Cool. Cool. I'll mention that I recently saw Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Nice. Mm. You jogged my memory when you were talking about some piece of garbage movie that you watched. <laughs> uh, it was awful. And that's the second one? Yeah. yeah. And, and I say that as a huge fan of the first one. I loved the first one. 
And <laughs> us talking about the circle didn't prompt your memory of no nope. golden circle. Nope. <laughs> uh, because I pretty much forgot most plot details already from Kingsman. It's mm. just it's just loud action scenes that aren't interesting and are actually they're like camera whizzing around so much that you you can't follow can't, it. Yeah, you can't really follow it. Tune out. That sucks. There's a uh, there's one scene that I'm not going to go into, but apparently the movie has been uh, banned in some places. Uh-oh. I think I've heard about it. And this scene. I found that out after watching the movie, that it had been banned in some places, and I was, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I know the scene. I know why. And it's uh, it's an unnecessarily... Uh, Pervy? Yes. Like, it, it, they absolutely did not need to go that route. And so... Mm-hmm. And there's also no payoff. There's no, like, it's not even funny. It's just, it's just service to like fourteen-year-old boys. That's that's the only, the only target audience for this. Uh, the perviest of fourteen-year-olds too. There is there is actually there is only one part of the movie that is mildly redeeming, and that is, and I don't think it's a spoiler really, but it's uh, because spoiler implies some original quality. But um, <laughs> the, the uh, Elton John has a very extended cameo in that. He's in numerous scenes as Elton John, hmm. and uh, he's actually in some fight scenes in, like, uh, I'm pretty sure they've got him on a wire, like, uh, <laughs> flying across the stage in his 70s getup, uh, beating the shit out of thugs, <laughs> which is really a lot of fun to see on a, on a big screen, yeah. is, is old Elton John dressed like a chicken, <laughs> like, <laughs> screaming, like, fuck you to people and, 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 and beating them up. That's great. It's pretty awesome, yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of worth checking out just for that, but the rest of the movie is just awful. I don't know if you know that Channing Tatum's in that movie. I do. And then he's uh, like the American spy, right? Yeah. And then about five minutes after you meet him, he's not in the movie anymore, and he doesn't even die. <laughs> They're just like, "We're done with you." I heard like this is a troubled production. Like the original cut was four hours, and they're going to break it into like two movies, but God. instead they just like cut the crap out of the movie. Does it feel like that? Well, I don't know what's on the cutting room floor. <laughs> well, apparently Channing Tatum was in more than just five uh, minutes. Yeah. And some characters had uh, more stuff to do. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's a bizarre film. Hmm. I well, don't recommend it. I'm probably still going to watch it because I like the first one so much. I thought you were going to say because it came out in 2017. <laughs> that's, that's another reason why. And also Kelly's a big fan of the first one, so we'll probably end up seeing it. Yeah, and I think the first one is brilliant. Yeah. Loved it. This just went like... The first one, like, it, it towed that line of, like, James Bond-style chauvinism, mm-hmm. but, like, in a fun, playful way, and this one just crosses that line, and it's no longer fun, and... Full-on James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like, rapey Bond now. It's a James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, every James Bond movie's on Amazon Prime now. Yeah, except for, like, two of the Daniel Craig ones. Really? <laughs> I think it's... Mm-hmm. I think they added... It's not the last one, the one that sucked. Not Spectre and probably not Skyfall, I'm guessing. I think I think it's weird. I think like Skyfall's on there, but Quantum isn't, maybe? Huh. Or something there's some That's right. Quantum and Spectre weren't very good weren't very good. And yeah. Skyfall and Casino Royale were. I always liked Quant- I liked Quantum okay. Not not a lot, but yeah. I liked it okay. Saw it in the theater. I think it's just too high expectations after yeah. like Casino Royale blew my mind. Yeah, true. Spectre's <laughs> so boring though. It was like, holy shit, they're actually making James Bond movies that I'm going to enjoy. Yeah, Skyfall I ended up buying. I just love watching that movie. It's so beautifully shot. I've only, I still Hot only have seen it the one time, but I uh, really liked it. I love Hot Great rewatch. Anyway, yeah. done, done talking about a movie that nobody saw this yeah. week. Um, <laughs> breezy on the streets. Oh, did you have anything else on your watch list? Uh, no, there's some... I, I wrapped uh, Stranger Things and Handmaid's Tale. But I kind of talked about those as we were going along. I know I said I'd wait until the season was done, but I kind of want to wait to talk more about Stranger Things when you're done with it, David. Sure. I'll probably finish this week, but any MTV stuff you want to talk about? Not really. We're kind of like, with the challenge, I didn't think we would actually get into the final this week. I no. thought it was going to be... Cliffhanger <laughs> right before. On the trash heap, who comes back in. Yeah. So we're halfway through it, so it's kind of like an unfinished thought. But the hint is that we're... Not halfway through it because TJ's got one final surprise. Yeah. So TJ Lavin is going to do one more one more trick. And I'm just really proud of him that he kept a secret about it's a million dollars. Way to go, buddy. 
And are you the one? Did you see the last episode? I did. They got five beams. Four beams. Four beams. Four beams. But they finally did the thing. Like Allison was like, "That's what you said they should do." It's like day one, almost like every day, do speed dating. Yeah. Because like some of the characters click that just have never spoken. Because on day one, it's like, "Oh, I think that girl's cute," and then it's just like, She's "We're in love." <laughs> yeah. Like I think Olivia and Tyler together, or Olivia and Clinton, Jalissa. Jaless and Clinton or something like that. Like, yeah. really clicked. Yeah, Jaless and Clinton. Yeah. But that wasn't during speed dating. That was after she was, a, that, that was another nomad. Yeah, but that's Clinton an example was. of just, yeah. like, everybody talked to people. Right. There's people you haven't talked to. I mean, you're just not doing it right. Yeah, and, like, Joe and Zoe, they both have three letters in the first name, so they've got to be a perfect match. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, yeah, I fucking hate Kareem. Kareem is the villain of the season. He's, he's the Geo of the season. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's blaming them not getting more beams on the fact that four people who are in the house are losers and can't talk to girls, as opposed to actually placing the blame on the 12 people who are not matches, but who continue to to only hang out with each other and Mm -hmm. have sex all the time. And it's like, okay, bruh, you're seeing this the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with either episode. Breeze it. Breeze it. Uh, I don't have any news. There's a new Star Wars trailer out, but I'm to the point where I'm like, I've seen enough. I don't even need to watch another. It's coming out in a month. Yeah, yeah. I'll go see it. I mean, the most dominant news is obviously the sad uh, news. Yeah, the sad news of more uh, stuffs happening. The immediate impact of there's the Kevin Spacey allegations that have come out, and I'll still say allegations, but uh, Netflix is canceling the final season of House of Cards because of it. Or they will not have it if Kevin Spacey is on it. So yeah, Netflix has said, like, we will do a final season. Like, they didn't say this last one was going to be the one they're working on was going to be the last one, but they halted production. Yeah. And they, they've officially said, if Kevin Spacey is in it, we are canceling the show. Yeah. But they've left it, left it open, like, if it's Robin Wright and however else you would do it, killing off the president. It just seems so weird to go back to that show. And then, in addition to him, there's the stuff with Brett Ratner, which... Seems uh, also allegedly, but also seems pretty... Yeah, I believe it. Mm. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get on the, the hook for anything. And there's the stuff with uh, Amazon head guy, Roy Prince. That, that is I thought you were going to Jeff Bezos. Like, no, not Jeff Bezos. Not yet. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, and the disturbing one was Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. I guess just disturbing because of the people that have been accused, he's the person I probably like like the most. Mm. You know, accused of some pretty uh, rough stuff in 88 to a uh, underage girl who's 17 at the time. And then uh, another one in like 1993, another person came forward about Dustin Hoffman. Mm. You know, also allegedly, but just, uh, you know, on the whole... I think this is needed and good, and it's never bad for people's voices to be heard. Right, right, yeah, because it's the way you end it. I mean, yeah, and it's nice that like it wasn't the witch hunt that was just like, oh, that's a Harvey Weinstein problem, right? Allegedly, that it's it's actually you know going further. It's going lateral from that across the industry. Yeah, it's not as much about just like. Like, he was our one problem. It's like, right. no, we're actually talking about a systemic thing. It's, it's a power problem. Yeah. But yeah, I got, I got more breezy, if we want to, really, real quick. Sure. From the games world. Uh, Sony held a press conference at Paris Games Week. Um, we got a new trailer for The Last of Us 2. I saw that. Looks good. Um, looks really cool. Really brutal trailer. People are not reacting well to how grisly that trailer is. Yeah. Um, and they also announced a sequel to Guacamelee. I don't know if anyone else played that, but it was a great... Oh, you had fun with that, right? I love that game. Uh, kind of uh, luchador, uh, Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. And then um, also announced the sequel to Spelunky. I heard that, yeah. Which is like crazy that that's even getting made. It took the developer just like absolutely absorbed his life um, trying to make that first Spelunky and just never would have thought he would have made a sequel to it thought he would have gone a different way and the rest of uh, the Paris Games Week Sony press conference was kind of eh um, announced like 21 games uh, they seem to not be full on with VR anymore which is fine by me yeah um and then other games news uh, had a, I think BlizzCon is ongoing, adding a new character to Overwatch. Uh, World of Warcraft, they're bringing back the vanilla servers, which people are really excited about. 
Um, so none of the expansions, none of the patches, none of everything going back to basics. That's pretty much it. New character in Overwatch. They keep releasing these short films, which are pretty good. Uh, Blizzard does for Overwatch. Hmm. They're like in in universe. Yeah, that's, that's games coming out in theaters. We get to pick between Daddy's Home 2, which I actually did not even realize they were making. It's the John Lithgow and Mel Gibson. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I'm worried that that one may be a, a, um, a bad movie with a great cast, but I'd still that's still the movie I would want to go see. That's my pick, too. Yeah. Visually, it looks interesting, and just looking at famous people in funny costumes. Yeah. Is Kenneth Branagh the director as well? Yes. Is this a star? Okay. Good. I like his movies in general. So. That's our pick. Yep. So this was uh, Talk Talk, podcast from minibus.com. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Connect with us, connect with us on uh, Twitter, Gmail, Facebook. We got groups and we got pages. Uh, we'd love to hear from you for podcast topics. <laughs> um, and subscribe to the podcast. Please give us a rating. I want to say uh, thanks to everybody appearing on this pod. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Brent. Thanks. And uh, thanks, TJ. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and also thanks to uh, Willow Walkers for the intro music. Walkers. And thanks to Boo Reefer for the outro music. Boo And thanks for listening. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know Hey! That's when he starts paddling her. It's just real bad.